If uh, you're joining us tonight for the first time, you're kind of jumping midstream into a series we kicked off this year, which we uh, believe that God's calling us to think in terms of outrageous is the kind of word that we have for our ministry this year. And it all stemmed from 1 Peter 3.15, which says that always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who demands you for a reason for the hope that you have. And within there is the essence that if we really believe and we really truly have Christ in our hearts, that we would live such an outrageous life that people come up and grab us by the neck, shake us and say, I have to know what is different about your life. And this topic has just captivated me. That Christians don't give a very good example for people to want to hunger after. Like most Christians, I know it's like, I don't want what you have. So tell me what you're doing and I'll do the opposite. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians, a lot of churches... They do a good example, they show the world a good example of how not to crave something, what not to desire. But I want to live differently. And so we kicked off this year, and we just focused on what if we really knew the promises of God that has already been given in us? That was the first week, to actually know the potential, the promises of that, that God has been unified with you, that just mind-blowing. The second week is that in order for you to live outrageously, you have to believe that your life matters and how instrumental that is and how when you look at how depression has just gripped young people in this generation, it's crazy and you have to believe that your life matters for it to make an impact. The third week is we helped focus in on developing a purpose. Radical people live by radical purposes. And by the way, um, we launched a little tool uh, called Purpose Builder, purposebuilder.org. You can go and build your radical manifesto, credo, whatever it is. And we have... Um, Ability to, to make it into a, a poster, a frame, a wall decal if you want, whatever. We have a professional designer, which is still available. Um, it'll be available for a while. So you have that. And then last week we had a night where we helped everyone discover what their gifting was. So not only do I know what my purpose is, I know the potential I have, I know the promises of God, I know my life matters, but what is the DNA of my life that says you are uniquely gifted for this? And so that's where we were last week. And parallel to this conversation of what it means to live a life that demands a reason, demands an explanation, is my interest in world changers, in people that um, have forever impacted the world, our minds, our culture, our technology. And so uh, I got into this kind of interest of like, ah, I wonder what this person is. And I've, I've studied a lot of people. Steve Jobs, obviously, I'm in tech, so Steve Jobs is like the obvious, like you always you know, he's like the equivalent of like, you're going to quote C.S. Lewis. If you're in tech, you like, quote Steve Jobs, you know? So it's more or less the same. But Steve Jobs, Mother Teresa, MLK, you name it. And you know what's interesting is that every single person, every single one that I, I stumble across, Frank D. Wright, Margaret Thatcher, whoever it is, they had one unbelievable trait that unified all of them. And I posted today, I was like, hey, anybody can guess this. I had text messages from around the country, people who were like too ashamed to post on my like comment feed, like, what is it? I can't be there. Tell me what it is. And you get the obvious things. Was well, it love? Oh, that's a good, good one. Well, Steve Jobs was actually a real big jerk if you know anything about his life. <laughs> what about compassion? No, you know, there's a lot of dysfunctional people that have profoundly impacted the world. It's not about love. It's not about compassion. It's not about leadership. But that's a good one. It's so much more simple than that. Do you want to know what it is? No. I won't make you guys all guess. I almost thought about like bringing up like a $100 bill. I'm like, who can guess it? But we'll save that for another time. Here's the radical thing about it. 
Every single person in this room, if you want to have a radical impact on this world, you can opt the same trait. Find your hero, find whoever person it is that you think has shaped the world, and you just Google this topic about them, and I'm, I'm sure you're going to find something radical about them. You ready for it is? It's Mark chapter 3, or Mark chapter 1, verse 35. It says, And in the early morning, while it was still dark, he arose and went out and departed to a lonely place and was praying there. This is Jesus. While it was still dark, he arose and went out and departed to a lonely place and was praying there. 22 times in the Gospels, 22 times, Jesus, probably the the greatest world changer there ever was, 22 times he escaped by himself, almost a lot of times in the morning. And it dawned on me. I went and started looking at all these different people. The single common trait among all these world changers is they were relentlessly committed to private time in the morning to themselves. Every single one of them. It's so crazy. Like, I even studied, like, Steve Jobs. You know what? He, you always like, oh, he always wore the same thing whenever he did a speech. He wore the same thing every day. He had 40 pairs of, like, the same jeans and same T-shirts. He ate the same breakfast every morning. And he had this relentless routine that was just consistent every time. Why? It's because he's like, I don't have time to waste any moment of my brain on stupid decisions, like what I'm going to wear, what I'm going to eat. And if you look at some crazy people, you'll find that they are amazingly dedicated to their early morning routine. It's phenomenal as we think about it that all the knowledge we have Everything that we have available to us, when we hear a great message, when we have a great resource, when we are impacted by God's truth, if we do not give ourselves an intentional time to work out in our life, it becomes meaningless. We're so quick to come in and fill ourselves with knowledge, but we are so quick also just to keep on moving on. And the practice, the discipline, the habit of giving yourself a morning time, a dedicated time where you get this stuff to be worked into you is probably the most profound thing that will ever happen in your life. But it's so boring, right? It's so like oversee, oh yeah, I gotta get up and do this. Well, let me tell you something. My morning routine is the most strategic thing I do for myself, my marriage, me as a father, and my business and ministry. Some of you guys know that um, I'm in software professionally, that's my kind of career. Um, I'm a startup junkie, I have a problem that I probably need to go to a 12-step program for. Um, and I, I'm, I'm addicted to ideas. I love just the whole um, startup endeavor. I've actually launched, I think, like three or four different startups just in the past few weeks for you guys here. And I'm working on some more, but uh, it's, it's really a problem, actually. I do need help. But I have a lot of stuff going on. But my morning routine, what I've established in my life, and I established this five years ago, it's single-handedly the most effective thing for me to become who I am. When you think about who God has called you to be, when you think about the promises that God has said about you, when you receive an impact of of, of a word about you, the the single greatest place that you can work that out into your life is by yourself in a time where there's nothing else going on. I have a lot going on. So I do this. I try and preach, you know, most uh, Thursdays of the month. I also am leading a team of 12 for our software company. I advise other small businesses and startups. I have a wife and two kids. I have about 100 different ideas waiting to get started. <laughs> I have a, a, quite a few things going on. Um, but let me tell you how five years ago I started my morning routine. 
and have been able to live according to it. And it, it is the single most influential thing in my life right now. So my routine starts actually in the evening before. And I'm not neurotic like Steve Jobs where I'll um, wear the same thing every day, though it actually sounds kind of attractive. But I actually will like set aside, you know, what am I going to, uh, what am I going to wear tomorrow? I kind of like decide, you know, some of the morning decisions ahead of time. I pre-make my coffee maker. Usually I'll like have it go off um, before I'm even up. And I'll just kind of like review my upcoming day. And, uh, and then I'll set my alarm. And I've been doing this for a few years. How many guys have the familiar alarm that's just like, what's the best term for it? Um, nails gouging out your eyeballs is probably the best way. Let's see here. Um, your alarm, if you're like anybody else, probably sounds like that. That's how like, a lot of my friends' alarms like go off. What better way to ruin your day than with that sound? <laughs> I don't get it. But here's what I did five years ago. It's like, that sound sucks. I don't want to wake up to that. You don't want to wake up to? I kid you not, I wake up to Top Gun every morning, every, for five years. There's no better way to start your day than just, oh yeah, come on, like you're just, you're all about getting the girl, flying the jet, defeating evil, like it is so great. If you want to like radically improve your mornings, forget about all the other stuff I'm saying, just make your alarm Top Gun and you'll be in a, such a great mood. So my alarm goes off, it goes to about 5.45. And that's really early, before I had kids, I'd be like maybe 6.30, something like that. Uh, I have a son who's an early riser. I named my son Maverick, by the way. Yes, he turns one tomorrow. Um, but he's an early riser, darn it. He's like up at like 6.09 or like 6.15, 6.30 every morning. And it's like, it's full on, you go. And when he was born, uh, well, before that, it was even earlier, too. And then daylight savings came in, you're like, in about four. You're like, this is terrible, you know. And there's like a time where, like, you kind of adjust to kids. But what happened is that I, I just became on a chase. Like, my morning routine got off. It's like I, I, I realized a few weeks off of it, I'm, like, turning into a miserable person. I've been on my morning routine for four years at that point, And then as I saw it kind of creep, it was like, oh, it's just too early. Like, I noticed a degradation of my life. And so now, like, I was even at Eric's house, and I just, I was like, I don't care if he's up at 5.30. That means I need to get up at 4.30. I have to get up. Who I am, who I want to be, who I want to be as a father, as an entrepreneur, and as a preacher of the gospel, I have to give myself the time in the morning. This is before I even knew all the, the, the stuff I know now about Steve Jobs and Mother Teresa and MLK, everybody else. Before I knew that. Because, I mean, like, oh, well, you preach. Well, sure. Like, well, you better be up in the morning, you know. But now that I know the significance of it, it's the most valuable thing I can do. And so here's what I do. So I get up in the morning, and I open up a notebook, and I keep notes of distractions, because the inevitable thing that's going to happen is like, oh, i got to check this, or i got to see this. And so I have a little place like, okay, if I get distracted, I'm going to write it down. 
The second thing I do is I prohibit myself from opening email, Facebook, Instagram, or the news. I'm up when it's dark. There's nothing else out, just me and the dog. And I spend the first five minutes in silence. It feels like eight hours. If you've never spent a few moments just in silence, it's like excruciating. And what I do is I just sit and like, Jesus, I'm, I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready. And sometimes there's amazing things that happen in my heart, and other times it's just I hear my heartbeat, and that's it. I'm just like, I'm alive. It's kind of cool. I forgot I was alive. And so then I just ask, Jesus, what do you want to say to me today? And so I'll open up a, a little Word doc on my laptop, and I'll usually try and, like, read something. I'll try and, like, read, maybe it's, it's maybe a Bible verse, maybe it's a chapter of a Bible, maybe it's just a passage, maybe it's a different book somebody else wrote. Something, what sounds interesting to me? And I'll spend a few minutes reading, and then I'll write the different thoughts that I come down with. And I'll write it in this little Word doc, and I'll rotate it on different things. Do you know every single message I write is in those moments? People like look at my life and like, you preach all the time. Like, how do you have time? I, when I get home from work, I'm with my family. I'm not like stressing out like a midterm paper like the night before. Like, oh my gosh, what am I going to write? I actually had this message written about six weeks ago. And I poke at these things just slowly and surely. But God speaks to me in those moments where I say, I'm available to Jesus. If you want to say anything, I'm ready. And I'll write it down. And if it's good, maybe I'll say it to somebody else. And so I'll do this until one of the two kids get up. And you know what? It is far, if you're going to be woken up by a child, it's better that you were already awake to go see them. Because if, if you're, the only thing worse than that eh, 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 is like, that, that's probably the worst sound. You know, and so I was having a hard time with my attitude, like getting my son, it's like, oh, he's up so early. But now that I have like, I'm up an hour before him, I've got like nine cups of coffee in me. I'm like, hey, son, let's do the, you know, I'm like all about it. And when I'm playing with them, I then find like this little time because he's still just like into blocks and just like, oh, this is interesting. It flashes lights and he can like be entertained with that for a long time. And I open up a little app on my phone. I'm just, I have like memorization verses in there. I'm not like not crazy about it. I'm like, I'll find it. I'll just like speak it out over him. And I'm memorizing it. We're playing. I'm just like telling him scripture. And so I, get, I have this like regular habit of like I'm just kind of getting the word like in my life and I'm just like it's sticking there. And then what's crazy is that later in the day I'll like that verse or that passage will come up to me. I'm like, hey, this is kind of interesting. And it's amazing how God has been so using my mornings to grow me who I am. Everything that I'm accomplishing and doing, all the strength I have comes directly from those moments. I can do everything in my life right now because I'm so dedicated and so disciplined in my mornings. So why the morning? It's the obvious thing. People, ah, I do my devotionals at 11 p.m. I fall asleep when I read at night. I'm like, I could never. That was why school is so hard for me. I was like, just out. So tired. But here, here's why I'd advocate for not doing it in the evening, not doing the lunch time or any other time. Like, if you're going to invest in yourself, invest in the moments where your mind is a blank slate. At the end of the day, I'm like beat down. I don't know about you, but I have like some tough days. I'm like, oh, I really, you know, I'm like frustrated about this or I'm like stressed out about it. But in the morning, it's like crystal clear waters. The day is kind of worn off. And like all of us, we could tell every one of us like what I did today. Like it's fresh, right? But what did you do yesterday? Could you like recount every hour you did yesterday? Uh-uh. 
when you fall asleep and you have this great revelation, like, this is my nightmare. I'm, like, going to bed. I have, like, this great idea, this great sermon analogy or something. In the morning, I'm like, oh, what was that? I forget. But the same is the truth with God. In the mornings, it's crystal clear. It's like a perfect bell. Like, I'm going to write it down. I'm going to memorialize it. And then I get to live it. When you interact with Jesus in the morning, when you give yourself that time to be impacted, have all these things just seep in, your day gets to benefit from what Jesus says that morning. And it's going to radically change what you do. Also, God talks about the first fruits, right? In the Old Testament, he's like, I want the first fruits. Well, I kind of think that maybe apply to your time. Like, am I going to give, oh, I have 15 minutes here. Maybe I'm going to, you know, give God something like, it's like, Jesus, you're worth the pain for me to be up a little bit earlier to be with you. Now, I'm trying to aim for an hour, but I would say just if this is you, like aim for 15 minutes. Aim for 10 minutes. We're so quick to like fill our lives end to end. Even if it's just five minutes of just being by myself, it's fine. But for me, after 8 a.m. rolls by, my day and basically my life is destroyed. I have 4,000 unread email messages in my inbox. I have a lot of email. I get a lot of messages like, if I, when I open the news, when I open Facebook, when I do that stuff, like, my mind is, like, gone. I'm already thinking about, oh, man, Salesforce sync is not working yet today. Oh, Jesus, help me. Like, I, I'm, like, I'm already repenting for my thoughts by noon, if that's you. So, anyways, that's me. And I can tell anybody, guys, who's curious more of the details, there's a lot of other stuff in there, but I can tell you that later. But here's, if you establish a morning routine, if you establish a morning habit just for yourself, just to be available, here's what I guarantee will happen in your life. The first thing is that you will establish a trajectory for your life. The very first thing that I guarantee will happen is that you will put your life on a trajectory for who you want to be. Your morning routine is what sets the direction of who you are going to become. And what you do in the morning affirms and establishes the direction of every single decision of your life. What am I doing in my life? Where am I going? You know, like the space shuttle? I know we don't, like, fly to the moon all too often now. But on a journey that's, like, you know, a million miles or something, if you are off one-tenth of one degree, you're going to wind up at Mars, not the moon. And the same thing is for your morning time. Like, who you establish yourself, the direction that your life is going in the mornings sets the direction for the next 30 years of your life. If you watch... Um, video of like the control room or launch sequence. I like like the Apollo 13 movies. I liked anything that had rockets, apparently. Uh, if you watch that, you'll find dozens of people, their sole job is just to reaffirm the direction uh, that a rocket ship is going. There's tons of people, and all they're doing is they're just focused. Is it on track? Is it on track? Is it on track? Your morning time, when you're by yourself, you get to ask yourself, am I on track? It also, as I said, sets the trajectory for your day. My days are infinitely better when I have my private time versus not. When I start, I'm like, hey, let's see what, you know, is going on in ISIS today. That's a positive note. Oh, it just, it just ruins it. But if I get to set my morning with who I am, Jesus, would you speak to me? Would you temper me like I'm, I'm a stress case right now, and I just yield myself to you? Would you do something for me now? Would you speak to me? It'll set a direction for the entire rest of your day. Similar to launching a rocket, right? You have like a whole control room. You know, such and such department, check. This, check. This, check. And they go through this entire sequence. I, I, for me, I now have that in my morning. Coffee. 
I gotta read something, I gotta write something, I gotta try and memorize something. I have this really neurotic pattern now. But for me, it's like my, my personal launch sequence. I determine, am I gonna kick butt today based on what I established in the morning? And it feeds me, it makes me alive, it makes me who I am. The second thing is that it'll recalibrate your soul. Your morning time that you give yourself will recalibrate your soul. The days are long and difficult, and the waves of emotions that you encounter throughout the entire day, the morning is the time where you get to hit reset. For all my life, I would go wall to wall to wall, and as soon as my alarm came, I would like get up and run. I don't even get to think about what happened yesterday. But my mornings are where I get to say, who am I? What am I doing? Like, was that really important? Was I concerned about that yesterday? Do I need to be concerned about that now? And you get to reaffirm, reassess, and recommit what's important. It's hard being in, uh, in tech and being an entrepreneur, and um, you know, there's, there's a lot of just temptation. There's a lot of temptation for pursuit of gain and money, and oh, this company's doing this, and we need to do that. And, and there's a lot of like just soulish just desire to go crush it for all this money, and it's like, Jesus, this doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. My heart is what matters. My marriage is what matters. I've, I've vowed, with the exception of Thursday nights, that any time I'm in the zip code of my home, I'm tucking my kids in, and I'm waking up with them the next morning. I'm not going to let my career, I don't, I don't care who's going to advance over me, who's working in the office right now at 11 p.m. on the next startup. For me, what's important is my marriage and my kids, and that gets reaffirmed every morning before I go to work. And if I didn't do that, I'd just be torn. I'd be like wishy-washy. Every single direction that would pull me, I'd go. And I get to remind myself who Jesus says I am. Jesus, I'm your son. You're well pleased with me. One of the most frequent things I remember is how Jesus, before he performed any miracles, the father says, this is my son whom well pleased, before he did anything. That's probably the most frequent memory I have in my mornings. Before I've done anything in the day, it's like, God, I just I reaffirm that you're well pleased with me. No matter what I did yesterday, no matter what I'm going to do today, no matter how bad I messed up, you are pleased with me. And I also remind myself of the things I'm thankful for. In those five minutes, as I'm, you know, it feels like five hours, I'll fill the time. If I'm not hearing anything, not feeling inspired, I just like, thank you, Lord, for, thank you, Lord, for my kids. Thank you, my wife allowed me to name my son Maverick. That's crazy. What was she thinking? Thank you for, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, my home, my dog, whatever, my friends, my relationships, you guys. Thankful, Jesus, thank you that I have a microphone that some people find it interesting to listen. And you're allowing me to help speak truth in this, this culture. But it restores you from where you wore down the previous day. The third thing is it does is it transforms and renews your mind. Romans 12, 2, do you guys know the passage says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be conformed by the renewing of your mind. The word says be transformed, not that you will automatically be transformed. That means that you have to participate in it. When you sign with Jesus, he promises transformation, but he's like, it's not like a car wash. It's like, it just isn't going to like just show up in your doorstep. You actually have to participate with it. Let me ask you, when in your life do you have time for transformation to occur? Like, yes, Jesus, transform me, but I have no time for it. I can tell you when it doesn't happen. Transformation doesn't happen while you're waiting for Starbucks or in between commercial breaks. Your mind will not be transformed while it's being occupied by the worries of the world. Let me say that again. I said, Jesus, I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. He says, I'll transform your mind when it's not preoccupied. 
For me, the only time I could find my mind not to be occupied is in the mornings. And that's the time I said, Jesus, would you transform it now? It's ready, it's available for you. And newsflash, your mind will not be transformed against your will, nor against your attention. God loves you, he welcomes you to be transformed, but he's not gonna force it on you. If you're unhappy with your life, you might wanna ask yourself your, about your own choices. Like, God, I don't like this about myself. And you're just like, well, what have you been working on? It's like, I've, I've given you total victory. A, a pretty fascinating, um, oh, I don't want to get too far off topic here. Let me give you two seconds real quick. John Piper was talking about how there's no such thing as addiction. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Talks about porn. And about how we give the topic of porn or the addiction of porn way too much power. And he's like, you tell me someone's so addicted they have no control. That's not true. Because if you're in the room and you have a screen, you have a temptation, and I walk in and I have a million dollars in briefcases, if you don't look at that, I'll give you this. You're going to have a lot of self-control not to look at that. <laughs> if you come in and, and you have a, an image that you're about to click on, a website you're about to click on, and, and he comes in and he's like, um, here is your beloved family. I'm going to kill all of them if you click on that website link. You probably aren't going to click on it. You have self-control. You have all victories. Like, you just don't have the choices that you're comfortable making yet. It's like, oh, why didn't I think of that? So good. <laughs> that you aren't addicted. You just don't have the choices that you've made yet. There's nothing that you are forced to do. It's all about choices. And so for my mind, my morning routine gives me dedicated time for my mind to be transformed. Sometime later, I've, I've uh, like most human beings in this world, have journeyed through the challenge of pornography. I, I say this in all humility and just thankfulness that I've been liberated for 10 years. Like, not even like a desire. That doesn't mean there's not temptation, but not a desire, which are two different things. I'll get on that later. But... Part of that journey was just transforming, rewiring my mind of like, I need, to, I need to break that appetite. There's an appetite within me that I don't want there, and so I gave myself the time to be transformed in that. The fourth thing is you become a master of yourself. Your morning time, if you set aside time for you, you become a master of yourself. And when you become a master of yourself, you can determine what you will do. The man who inspired my mornings who, he's like, I mean, he was spent time in the military. He's like, you got to take this thing seriously. You know, I was like, okay. So I probably was scared into, into my morning routines. Now I'm like, oh, this is the amazing, most amazing thing. I do it for myself. But he said this statement that was just transformational for me. He's like, in my mornings, I rehearse what it is that my day is going to have. He's like, I train myself to, in every situation, respond as Jesus would respond. So when I'm in a situation I don't want to be in, I'll respond as Jesus would respond. He's like, he, he told me of a situation where he was in the military, knock at the door, and someone had sent a uh, prostitute to his door for free, as a gift. By himself, he could have gotten away with it. He just slams the door. He's like, in that moment, I had trained my life to be ready for that moment of temptation. And it, it was the easiest thing ever I could have, you know, kind of no one would have known. But in that moment, I responded as Jesus would have responded. It's like, I want that. Your mornings are training sessions for how you want to behave in the real world. 
And when you think of like the most skilled athletes, like the most skilled professions like Marines or, you know, whoever, or, or better yet, um, remember the, the pilot, right, who landed the big plane in the Hudson River? The most underwhelming interview ever. How did you do it? You saved all these lives. Oh my gosh. How did you, what was going through your mind? That was crazy. Were you stressed out? I did what I was trained to do. You talk to like the interviews of like the Marines or the, the special forces that went in for bin Laden. And again, it's like, we did what we were trained to do. We rehearsed it. The helicopter crashed in the yard. Yeah, we had a plan for that. I mean, this notion they have all these people, these dynamic people that in any situation, they'll just discover the way. It's just really not there. When you think of all these people, they have carefully crafted how are they going to respond in the situations. They prepare it ahead of time. I love it. Even basketball players or football players, oh, I just ran the play. We practiced it. I want my life to be that. I, want, like, I don't want to accidentally stumble into greatness. If I change the world, I was like, I planned it to happen this way. It's like I actually can show you my account. I can show you the years I spent preparing for this, and I'm ready for it. It's so inspiring. And when you become a master of yourself, you determine who you become. I know who I want to be, without a doubt. I can't become that person overnight or in a single day, but every single day I can take an inch closer. My morning time, I don't get to just zap myself into a fully, you know, fulfilled person I want, but every single morning I believe that this is an hour where I get to inch myself a little bit closer to that person. My morning time makes me radically intentional. When you get up for no other reason just besides yourself, that makes you pretty radically intentional. It also makes you pretty radically disciplined to say, I'm going to get up just for me. I could sleep in, but I'm not. And when you combine radical intentionality with radical discipline, you get outcomes you want. When you combine radical intentionality with radical discipline, you get the life you want. When I find the most dissatisfied people, I find the people who refuse to be intentional and to make the tough decisions about their own life. And I'm reaching everything I want to right now in life. I was telling someone like, someone on Wednesday was like, hey man, like if you're never like into like this ministry stuff, like you feel burnt out, I was like, I'm at the top of my game right now. I've never felt more alive. I've never felt like I'm kicking so much tail right now. Like I just, I feel like I'm on the edge. I love it. It's because my morning makes me a master by myself and I'm living the life that I want. I have a friend who, um, he's also, I have a couple friends like they're in tech. And they're selling their, their companies for tens of millions of dollars. Or we have a friend, oh, they just, you know, moved over here. They just, they moved to Costa Rica for five years or something. And occasionally my wife will like, does that ever make you jealous? I'm like, I wouldn't trade a second of my life for anybody else's. I don't care how much money they have. I don't care what they're doing. The life I live now is the exact one I want to be living. I'm choosing it every day. But your morning routine makes you a master of yourself. Jesus was a master of himself. When you look at all these amazing people, they were masters of themselves. They didn't accidentally change the world. They knew who they were. They knew what they were doing, and they're intentional about it. They always had the exact results that they were aiming for. And the only way to become a master of yourself is to withdraw by yourself. It's the only way it's going to happen. 
And the fifth thing, and finally, is this, is that a morning routine, a morning habit, a morning time by yourself is scientifically proven to make you happier. Is um, Oaks in here? I got to thank him. He's not here. Oaks in, if you're listening to this, thank you. He pointed me to, uh, I, I saw on his Facebook one time about a documentary called Happy. Anybody see it on Netflix? Happy? It was interesting. It's the science of being happy. It's like, oh, that's interesting. And it like just went through this whole entire thing. And you know what? You can increase your happiness by 60%, clinically proven, by five minutes of meditation once a week. By 60%. It's like you have, you have people who there are doing amazing things in their career. They're just as depressed as someone who's jobless. You have people with amazing amounts of money. They are just as depressed as someone with no money. Like, what's the difference? Money, career, relationships, they, they kind of, you know, contribute here and there, but nothing sways it. What does is the personal time people have in being thankful and reflecting and meditating. Scientifically proven, five minutes every week. Imagine your life 15 minutes every day. You're going to have a radical transformation of who you think you are, what you think is about you. And it's amazing. So in case you have a case of the grumpies, um, you could just reorder the first 45 minutes of your days. Let me close with this. I was tempted to do a second message about how do you do like your morning routine? But I realize it's only like really one step. Besides waking up to Top Gun, which I highly recommend... It's worth the 99 cents on iTunes just to get it and then set your alarm to it. Trust me. It's the most amazing thing. Besides that, let's just assume your alarm doesn't suck. So uh, having an alarm that, like, puts you in a good mood. The single thing that you can do, don't get, like, caught up in what I do. Just do this. Wake up ahead of time and don't look at your phone. Just do that. What sounds interesting to you? I read a book. Sure. I just write, sure, paint, sure, whatever. Do something that's intentionally selfish for you when your mind is clear, nobody's there, and you're not preoccupied. So I saved you a whole nother week about that. <laughs> a routine makes all the difference in who you want to be. It makes all the difference in who you want to be. So as you consider the things we've been talking about the past several weeks, about your radical purpose, about your outrageous gifting, about how your life matters, all that stuff hinges on are you going to take the time and allow it to be integrated in your life? 100% of who I am today and who I want to be tomorrow is developed before the sun comes up. And you are going to be the only person that's going to shape you. I'm not going to shape you. No one else is going to shape you. You are the only person that's in control of where you are going and what you're going to do. If it costs you 15 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever, develop something it allows you to have intentional time to become that person. If you emulate any hero, if you emulate anyone who's impacted the world, adopt that single trait, and I promise you, you'll have a radically different life ahead of you. I love you guys.